fourth last match of the home and away season, round 20, saw them play Fremantle at Frio in what was a match of sorts. Yeah, with me here is Jake and Ol. Short for words, boys. Help me out. Disappointed and frustrated. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty dire and um, pretty frustrated, as Jake has already mentioned. And, um, yeah, there's a few things to discuss. Borderline angry. Dire straits. So, the, the first quarter, we were up by 15, 16 points. It looked quite good. It looked like we had our plan at Frio working. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkins looked on fire. I know that there was a key back in Luke Ryan out for Fremantle, which wouldn't have helped them that much. But you'd think, all right, having Hawkins and Sav inside our forward 50 and given the amount of marks he was getting inside forward 50 first quarter, he could have just put on a, a bag of six or seven yeah. really, if he, he was given the chance. He, he, first, he really should have. Like they really should have gone through him. Definitely, first quarter more and more. Yeah, if we were more, it was dominant. Could have been four goals, five goals up. We ended up losing the match by thirty-four points. That's around a fifty-point turnaround Mm -hmm. to Fremantle, near down the bottom of the ladder. A lot of talk regarding Ross Lyons' coaching future at Fremantle at the moment, Mm -hmm. and they do that to what is supposed to be the best team in the competition. The, the team number one on the ladder in the Cats. Jake. Yeah, it was it was probably the worst loss I can remember for a while, to be honest. Um, and I know that sounds like overreacting, but the expectation that was on this team to win and, you know, what they were, what everyone was expecting of Fremantle. And it just goes back to us talking about complacency and and unfortunately the the arrogance of resting players thinking that you can cruise to a, a win has come back to cost us uh, in a big way and potentially pretty much shut our season down um, and we can talk further later about the the last little hanging bit of hope that we have about these rumored training changes and that they're going to come out firing in finals but you still need momentum coming into finals and right now we don't have any at all we literally have gone 50 percent since the bye and that's just not good enough considering how good we were in the first half of the season with an arguably stronger list um yeah the fact that we rested dalhouse before the game and taylor during the week um o'connor came out injured but we haven't really heard much to the injury, extent yeah. of the injury. Dalhouse should have been the last person rested in this team. I, I know he might not be you know, at full fitness, but he's one that we definitely needed in that team. Um, if you're taking a player out from you know, managed, it's it's not for any reason that they can't play. It's just to like, you know, get them through mm-hmm. to a certain period. But yeah, I, I don't know why they took him out when players like Walters and Bradley Hill and we're just dominating through the middle. They were running out of our, out of our back line so easily, um, like the Sydney game the week before, where they just seemed to cut us up through the middle and we couldn't do anything to stop it. It was shades of that again yeah. for probably two quarters. They were just running free. Um, Fife was dominating. Sandilands and Darcy mm. were like, I feel bad for Zach Smith, but like, he just got stuck in the middle of. It's like a deer between two semi trailers. Yeah, I, I thought Zach Smith actually. <laughs> he he held he held his own absolutely made yeah. A few but, clearances himself where he grabbed the ball and just kicked it yeah, forward. Yeah, but and but like that's but it's against not against those two it's players. Just overwhelming. Yeah, it's not fair on him. Like if we as people who have had like no AFL coaching experience can see that Sandilands and Darcy are playing, they're two big strong tap ruckmen, and Zach Smith is a tap ruckman, but he's not that big and overly strong. Surely you'd put in another option or another big, strong player. Like maybe Stanley should have played and just given him some help. And you leave Sav forward and you put Stanley in the ruck at the at the risk of maybe you take a midfielder out. I'm, I'm not sure who, sure who, and we can talk about that later in the ins and outs. But I just feel like oh, I don't want to accuse him of not doing their homework or due diligence. Yeah, yeah, but just something just felt off. Um, in at end of the first quarter... 
I think we all thought like, oh, Hawkins is going to kick eight. They're going to, you know, it's going exactly the yeah. way we wanted to. And I think they thought that too. Because mm. at the start of the second quarter, we had a couple shots. Like Hawkins passed one off. He passed one off to Dangerfield when he could have had a shot from 50. Dangerfield you sprayed it. Shot, to be honest. Oh, and it, it just... At the moment this season, is there anyone you'd, you'd rather not take a set shot yeah, to Dangerfield? Like, <laughs> it should be Dangerfield to Hawkins, not the other way around. <laughs> oh, just... And it was... Yeah, it was... I think I said before it was the most disappointing game. It was easily the most frustrating game that I've watched. I was just yeah. waiting for, like, you know, Frio pushing us, Frio pushing us. I was waiting for us to just, all right. Break, like their back. Yeah, or, like, we're up in it. Like, we're working up. Here's, like, just bang, 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 three goals, like, finish it off. And then they kept hanging around. They kept hanging around. And the last quarter, they were still there. And then they kicked away. And they kicked away. And I'm like, hang on. We're, we're yeah, actually going to lose here. Yeah. This is going to be that sort of game where yeah, everyone's going. To, everyone's going to come for Geelong now. Yep. Let's. Yeah. We can talk about yeah. We'll, <laughs> this match in isolation. We'll also talk about the last seven rounds since and the bye. We'll talk about future ongoing. The last uh, four matches to play, followed by finals, and how we think that'll play out. But yeah, this match in isolation. So you're suggesting maybe Stanley should have. Should have played yeah. with with Zach Smith and yeah. Big Sav, Sav and, and yeah. Hawkins. We we four, should have tools against Sean Darcy and yeah. We should have tr- just tried something different. I don't think Gary Rowan probably should have played, and maybe that like he would be a totally took a couple of contested marks in the four possessions he did have, but Frio like oh you said that Luke Ryan was out, so try and stretch the defense and go tall and have Hawkins Sav up the middle and then have just rotate Stanley and Smith out of there because mm-hmm. Dar- Darcy was resting forward. Yeah. And he kicked a goal. Yeah. He, he danced around Blitzales and kicked a goal. Yeah. And there was mm-hmm. no one on him and we just had no idea what mm-hmm. we were doing. And mm-hmm. we just seemed to be so like out of sync with each other. Jimmy Bartel was saying that we're playing on from 8% of our marks, which is the third lowest in the league. Yeah. Only Brisbane and West Coast have lower mm. but they have that's part of their game style is like kick mark I and mean, then just get it in that is West yeah. game style yeah and that's just and yeah. you look yeah. back it's like the first half of our season like like our game styles you know intercept marking in defense chip it around and then bang go like we should be getting it into the forward line Quickly. one up three down that's what we did that's why we're so good and we just didn't do it oh you said we didn't even try and get it to Hawkins after quarter time. We, we had a couple of shots, but he barely was sighted after quarter time. I think Dangerfield had four touches after half time, which is, just isn't good enough for a player of his calibre. There were so many players that went missing after half time, unfortunately, and that's not an easy thing to say. For me, there are only two yeah. or three that turned up. Tom Atkins. Mitch Duncan. Yep. Kaji Greaves, Mitch Duncan. I'm not sure. Oh, actually, we'll tally up our ratings. Yeah, we'll do the ratings do the tally. Ratings yeah. and, and see who's on top. But Tom Stewart was good in defence. Mitch but, Duncan's not on top. But that's because the midfield just as a whole weren't really doing the job. And yeah. Walt, well, it felt like Walter's Fife and Hill were just banging inside their 50 like because yeah, every were. two minutes. Yeah. Because they were. And then there's a reason, you know, Blitzhaus and Stewart had so many intercept marks was because it was coming in that often. And it wasn't from... You know them doing a good job. It was just sheer weight of numbers. Like mm-hmm. they were just they had to get it because they're that good. They'll get it. But yeah, I thought Hawkins did whatever he could with what he was fed with. Yeah, but yeah, he really did no wrong. Um, but he didn't have enough supply, supply mm-hmm. and movement up forward. Zach Smith had a decent crack in the ruck, mm-hmm. but like you say, Jake may have benefited from a Stanley in there as well against two fantastic. Huge tap rock, man. Sean Darcy and Sandilands. I don't know what Sandilands had before the game, but he looked like four years younger and he was like jumping on ground balls and... Whole leader know, of yeah. people's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, who's this like, you know, Frankenstein's monster that's just been like raised from the dead because I thought he was cooked. And then he was yeah. like, you know, doing sprint efforts and jumping the balls like, oh no, what's going on? Yeah, Getting on the sleds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sled runs. Yeah. Good on you. But, yeah, apart from really, yeah, Mitch Duncan in the centre, I thought, as usual, played a decent game, a usual Mitch Duncan-type game. TK tried, um, got a lot of the ball. I thought Guthrie was decent, too. Guthrie was decent at times, yeah. And, like you say, Tom Stewart, purely because it was down Mm. that side of the ground so much that he was our number one rebound. Zach Tilly, 
I'm starting to have concerns about. I feel like Tom Stewart's taken up his role in terms of our number one rebound, rebound 50 yeah. gainer. Um, and with O'Connor out too, you'd expect him to list that. You would. You would. And you think of tackling pressure down the back, I more think of Jed Buse mm. um, mm. or Collar. He's a good one on his. Ideally, a good one-on-one player. Yeah, yeah we've seen him take on smalls, Eddie Betts, or mediums and larger as well. But Zach Tui, for me, he just doesn't seem to have the pace that he has since he's come back from the bye. Sorry, since he's come back from his injury. Um, the individual players aside, there was a huge, huge change of players that came in for this one. Yeah. Hendo came in, Menangola came in. Probably too much. Um so I'm not sure. Plenty if of people, a bit of... sorry, plenty of people questioning the merit of um, Henderson's inclusion. Not not to suggest that he's like not worthy of a spot, but again, he's playing really that, well in the VFL. Again, that structure really well in the VFL. But the, the you know how did it work structurally for us? We had we have plenty of defensive options, and mm. and we include. Another tall, another another tall yeah. in defence. Yeah, well, that they don't really have any talls up forward, do they? There's no McCarthy, there's no Hogan. Lob was dropped, so there was really only Sean Darcy rotating um, there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, Hendo did well. He did, he did well he did, in, did, in did the well. first half, in, especially. Couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of like one on one marks, like at the top of the goal square, and yeah. he saved a couple of goals. But yeah, maybe it was just structurally, it wasn't wasn't really the right move to make. If we're talking about managing players or resting players, <laughs> you talked about Dowhouse before. I think Harry Taylor is more one that should be in that frame given his age and given yeah. he's more towards the end of his career. Yeah. You look at the key backs that we have, aside from the ones that haven't been playing quite regularly in the team this season, first comes to mind Lockie Henderson. Mm. So if something happens to... To Harry, I guess yeah. You do want you probably do want a game is, into mm, the next game. Yeah, well, that that's cool. Yeah, I I agree. Like this, I don't think you, sh- I don't think you shouldn't have been in, but maybe yeah, structurally they should have. I'm sure they would have looked at you know how many tools Freya had forward, but yeah, maybe it just wasn't the right decision to have that many tools as we did. A lot of the season, Jack Henry, um, Jordan Clark. Mm has been used in versatile roles. John Clark started off playing the, the Zach yeah. Tui role of last season. Now he's a forward. <laughs> forward, which Jack Henry was last season, and yeah. a bit this season, a bit on the wing. It seems, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic having players that are versatile players, such as Mark Blitzarb, so you can have seen him in the centre a few games this season. We know he's best and probably more appropriate to play him at fullback. And... For that to just set his idea, that's my game, this is my role. Mm. But does that change the structure of the side in a sense when you do mix it up a little bit, given that there was about four different inclusions in this yeah. side as well? Seems a little bit disjointed. Um, the uh, yeah, the, 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 the fact that they've um, for, for no apparent reason. They seem to have changed the position of some players just for the sake of playing them in different positions. Mm. Like, we, I mean, evidently, Jordan Clark has had a terrific season. Mm. He's had a terrific season off of half back. Mm. That's his go to position. Run and carry. And- Why don't you play him permanently in his go to position? Yeah, I mean, and he hasn't been performing for. Uh, poorly forward because well, he took yeah, he's been taking contested yeah. marks and, and, and goals yeah but... and he's a good yeah he he can convert yeah um, and he's he's good all across the ground but surely at you know eighteen years of age sure he's a he's a terrific talent you know first round draft pick everything but first year of football you would think you just say to them or oh, oh, as a as a coach, or you, you'd think you would just say to a first-year player, right, you've just got to earn your stripes in this position. It's like, not not the thing of, oh, we're going to try you in this role, we're going to try you in this role, mm. try you in this role and see where you fit. 
They've drafted him for a reason because they probably liked his running carry and they liked his long kicking and yeah. they thought it was accurate. So yeah. playing him in a role where he can use that. That literally was his draft highlights video. It was like running off halfback and, and kicking like through the center square. Yes. That yeah. literally was why they drafted him. Dalhouse <laughs> can play that small forward position. Yeah. Yeah, well... It's not the first time we've done it this year, too. Remember back to the Bulldogs game when they rested Parfit before the game. He might have had a small niggle, but I'm sure he could have played. It just seemed like, you know, that was the last player we should have dropped. We have a variety of players that can play that small forward position. We don't necessarily need another one for all of Jordan Clark's talent. We don't have a young, precocious, run and carry type, you know, to kind of yeah, bring the bring future of like, like, like a young Wojcicki kind of to yeah. breed some yeah. life and, and speed Especially when we into do the have, lineup. Yeah, Simpson, Narkel, Parsons, I know Kinniko's injured, but those sorts of players, JJ in the VFL mm. that have played senior footy previously for the Cats and haven't really been exposed this year. But we know what they can do at their best when they've mm-hmm. shown it. And so, yeah, it's a valid point you make. I think this season, yeah, the, the two key stat barometers that we've looked at as a big change has been contested possessions and tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't good reading for the, the Cats in, in either one. Um, and there was also a, a blaring statistic. I'm not sure what how they actually measure it, but... Something along the lines of um, like pressure rankings or pressure pressure acts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like uh, the point the point ratings. Yeah. yeah. So pressure it was like Freo had like the third or fourth like worst pressure rating index or something for the season. But and, and then in this and then in this game and then in this game it was like a record. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and you often, said it was always against us when teams are able to. Pressure us to... Yeah. How often does this seemingly happen? Yeah. Um, 152 you know. contested possessions against 140. They well and truly beat us on contested possessions by over 35. Yep. Um, tackles 85 to 70 in Frio's favour. Mm. I know big new grounds, home support over there. But when we look at this as a whole in the last seven rounds that have passed, which have been loss, win, loss, win, loss, win... Loss. So, yeah, we're at three, four, Watch out, the last seven. Um, not good reading, especially given the sides that we've played against. Yeah. Like the likes of Sydney, like the likes of Fremantle, even Hawthorne. Yeah. Hawthorne have we, been I know we've got Clarko, we... but individuals on paper, yeah. you should be putting that side away mm. if we are thought of as, as premiership contenders this year. Um the, the post-buy, the post-buy and how it's changed Geelong. Let's talk a, bit, a little bit about this. So the last seven rounds compared to before that. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to, it's hard, well, I'm sure there'd be stats that would back it up, but it, it's hard to see like how it's changed from the first half of the year because like all the same people are there. Except, you know, Gary Rowan hasn't really the, been the in. The forward line's been the same. Pretty much. The same, yeah. yeah. Um, the midfield has relatively been the same in the sense that, you know, Danger, TK, Duncan, um, Selwood on the wing. Yeah, Zach Smith is play, but Stanley... Times it, it hasn't been a huge change. I know yeah. Scott Selwood and Manangola did play this match. And, but Cam Guthrie's been a good addition since he's come back in. Mm. Down back... Yeah, we changed things this match and players may have not been playing with their usual counterparts mm. down there. Um, but I don't think that should be the reason why you could see 95 points against Frio at Canini Park or far anyway, away. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's, definitely, uh, it's definitely a cause con- for concern. And I honestly thought, like, based off how we played in the second half against Sydney that we'd be building off that to like build some momentum and this would be like where we get back on track but now it's like such a bleak the club like, sold it that they were yeah. travelling to Fremantle early straight after the Sydney match 
two get spending back on track. extended time there. I think the words were bonding. Um, yeah, to acclimatize essentially to WA and not be hit by the the jet lag, the travel. Mm. A huge extended playing group was brought over there, such as Dow House. Two and, teams. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was huge. It was massive. Um, you can assess the the team that was ultimately put on on paper paper as much, and how they performed going forward. Is this a case of individuals should play against who we are playing, such as this like match for courses kind of. Well, you've just mm-hmm. raised before, Jake, Stanley and Zach Smith maybe should have been playing, in your opinion, together against Fremantle in a previous match, say, against Sydney. Would you have suggested that? Well, you like, you're not going to... If you're out to do, you know, like, you, you're gardening, let's say, and you need to dig a hole, you bring a shovel, and if you need to water the garden, you don't bring your shovel. You bring... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're watering yeah. tools. Yeah. Yeah. The watering can or the, or <laughs> yeah. the hose. You yeah. pick, yeah. like, yeah. not every... You, pre- you pick what's necessary for the job at hand, which, is, exactly a horse's right. a, which yeah. is a horse's for courses argument. You can't expect the team, like it did in the first half of the year, to, that pretty much didn't change. Because I think up to around eight or nine, we'd only used, like, 24 or five players. And we only had, like, a cup. Like, Jack Henry came out, Hendo came in. And I think Guthrie came in for Constable and that was pretty much like the only two or three changes that we and had. And it was really just the system that yes. we were that was consistent. Yeah, that but was now it seems we that we're winning. changing things like just getting players back in, but we're not changing things to you know fix, Benef- actually benefit like, the team to what yeah, who we're coming up against. Improve yeah. the team to a to a great Yeah, and I feel like we did our best twenty twos um during the week and and those were in line with, well, I think all of us had our best win two in line with what we saw as the way we were playing the first half of the season. Yeah. And it was like an overall thing. But if we, I'm sure if we said pick your best 22 for, you know, coming up against for Fremantle, Fremantle or, and at that stage we didn't know that Sandilands and Darcy were going to play. But so if Valentine's was playing at the Yeah, well, yeah. that's it. If we, you know, if we knew that, we'd say, oh, you know, they've got too big. Rocks. Maybe we should yeah. have like a contingency for not just letting Smith, you know, left, le- left for the wolves basically and just mm. get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And he, he still did his bit, but it just like it Over wasn't sixty hit outs. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't fair on the cats. It wasn't fair on him because he's mm. like there's no there's no like like Smith wasn't coming up against you know Rory Lobb in when Sandy's off. He was coming up against you know Sandilands little brother. He was yeah. just as big and hits yeah. just as hard. Like, there's no rest for Smith. No, Sean Darcy's. Yeah, it's a huge. He's, he's like a he's like yeah. a, a Mumford two point. He, he, he is. Crazy. Yeah, he's he is. Twenty three. Yeah. 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 Twenty one. Twenty. Yeah. No. He's he's Ooh. massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. He's yeah yeah big and then yeah it, and big we, boy like Sandy again was like. He must have had something before the game, like a, a V. Because <laughs> he was just, he was doing sprint efforts and he jumping on loose all balls. Of a and, yeah, Probably it was, Red Bull. It was crazy. Crazy. There's, um, the crazy. Surely now this is like the, the circuit breaker for the rest of the year and, and they, they pull the finger out and, you know, there's been accusations that they've gone over their holiday, they've gone on their, you know, their fishing trips, they're all posting on Instagram, they're chilling, they're having fun. Now this is like get serious, like really. We've yeah, had we're, three we're, chances. We've had two games clear, and now our percentage being eaten back. Yeah. Still healthy, but we are. We might not even finish top four. Well, that's yeah. We've got yeah, North we'll make finals, but we might not finish top four. That's that's realistic right now. The, the, it's extremely realistic. Oh yeah, but the, the, there's also the re, there's also the reality of the fact that we are close to success like on face value we're close to success it's like seven eight what eight yeah probably seven eight matches say if you obviously if you win all your finals Mm. you are premiers yeah it's like three four matches yeah but right now surely you switch on we don't at this time of year and, well, that, and that's like, that's what you'd sort of be. This is the time of year when it's important to switch on. That's what you'd be sort of like, you know, preaching 
to the playing group, but like from the outside, we look like the least likely team to yeah. win yeah. seven matches from here. Yeah. Or, you know, at least, you know, the four, three or four finals matches. Yeah. yeah. Like you'd put, you'd put Brisbane first, you'd put West Coast, you'd put Richmond, you'd put Essendon before us right now based on form. Mm. You put mm. Carlton before us based on form. Mm. And that even that game, the last round, that's not a given based mm. on how they're playing. And they pushed us pretty well last year when we played them. I think we didn't even score over 80. And, they, and yeah. it was an ugly game when Asava went down with his leg injury. Yeah. Um, and yeah, North, coming up against North, they've just re-signed Shaw and they're um, playing, playing really well. spirit. Mm. Yeah. That positive energies are flowing yet aside from TK Duncan and Stewart the likes of Swarkowski Hughes Tucker Crowden Blakely yeah who was the new guy Mitch Crowden and Carter Jason Carter fair enough yeah he had a few there's some good young guys Brother Hill all these players eclipsed Vigilant players except for those three that I mentioned I think and uh, Hawkins did his job but like it wasn't fed an apple really after the first quarter so yeah it, it, it was a really tough match to view I actually could not view this a second time round no. um, I didn't have the, the spirit of the energy <laughs> um, but look okay for the, the headlines the remarks following this Geelong crashed back to the earth remarks regarding Chris Scott we know where we're at right now it's a we're still spot. on top of the ladder <laughs> Still on top of the ladder with four games to go. And I didn't foresee with four games to go, Geelong being top of the ladder or their percentage. Jake, I'm going to throw you under the bus and say you didn't. Oh, no, I'd, no there's yeah. no way. I t- I Nobody did, to be six Nobody did. Yeah. At the start of the year, which we still could very much be. Yeah. Six. <laughs> Come so, yeah. all up for debate here. And there's a lot of sense now that these losses have come and the Got voices come out. Um, the the coaching decisions yes. get put to the, the sword by mm. a lot of fans. At the same time, I still think we have to remember what a fantastic job Matthew Knights, Chris Scott, Nigel Lappin, Boris, the whole coaching staff did. Even before the season started. Yeah. In changing... A whole style of football, Geelong's the whole way they play. Mm. There was there was Joel the, Selwood on the wing recruiting. Yeah, Dalhouse, Gary Rowan, Tom Atkins, Ablett Ford. Huge transitions, mm. huge transitions that the club hadn't seen, and the playing style for Geelong haven't haven't seen in over five years mm. of Scott's era. Mm. Really adapting to the game, noting the the more increased run um, speed of the game, tackling, tackling component, pressure. pressure acts. That was why Tom Atkins was brought into Geelong for those pressure acts, which he he just creates. But same for Gary Rowan as well up forward. So a real credit to Matthew Knights for understanding and acting on that and Scott and the coaching staff, the first 11, 12 rounds of the season up until the bye. Mm. I, I don't think that that gets praised enough when that we were undergoing our first half of the season. Yeah. That these wins at Kidney Park or away were really being highlighted as, wow, this is fantastic in a season. I expected us to finish probably around 9th, 10th. Mm. Uh, maybe push Correct. for finals. Yeah, maybe push. Maybe push for finals, but nothing out of the ordinary like this. And right now we're sitting on top of the ladder Noting that we've been playing pretty bad football for the last seven rounds now. I'm not shying away from that fact, but I'm essentially, you still have to promote <laughs> the 12, 13 the, yeah, the rounds posi- yeah, that the, we the have positive played changes for the majority of the season. Yeah. And if you look, and if you it look has at- to be balanced. So, yes, okay, four really bad losses the last seven rounds. Okay? And an anti-Scott brigade comes out now. Yep, sure. We may not make the premiership. We may not do much damage this campaign. For me, this is a club that 
in the 1990s was on its knees mm-hmm. financially mm-hmm. and most likely should have gone under. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should not be in Geelong, let alone exist, mm-hmm. call themselves Geelong Cats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's We should be thankful, first of all, that we didn't, mm. that we avoided that, mm. unless then... 10 years later, come 2004, a new brigade was started, a new yeah. era. Yeah. Likes of yeah. Ablett, Selwood, yeah. Jimmy Bartell, yeah. Hawkins, Harry Taylor, champions. Yeah. For 15 Chapman. years, this club has been at the top of the ladder or around about, contending for top four, had pr- three premierships. Yes, Scott's been at the club for nine years. One premiership. But we've consistently competed. Mm. We haven't bottomed out. And mm. what the club have essentially repeated each year is that, in a sense that financially, they are, compared to other clubs, breaking, breaking even. even. Yeah. 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 Jinx old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jinx. But it, to be breaking even after every single year, consistently pushing for finals, consistently pushing... I know last season we didn't make top four, but think about it. If we if we weren't successful, for the best part of the last fifteen yeah. years, if we're successful and we're breaking even, imagine what would be happening if we weren't being successful. Can you imagine if we had gone through a patch that Carlton or St Kilda had? Yeah, turn out be good in, in terms of off the field yeah. for the club and in terms of on, on the, the field. field. Can you imagine if the Premiership drought hadn't been broken up to mm. this point? Yeah. So, for a, this is what I'm Basically. posing to you, and it's up for debate, mm. that, look, round 20's just finished, 23 rounds, including the bye, up to last season, a poll came out, a vote, and it was to do with fans-like, fans likability of their own coaches. Yeah. Chris Scott was actually one of the lower, the lower yeah. rated by Geelong fans. Yep. And look, it was a maybe... It was a below-pass season. It was a below-pass season in 2018. It's not shy away from that mm. fact either. This season, currently, we're still top in the ladder. We've exceeded expectations that most general fans of Geelong would have in their eyes. Yeah. And right now, and what I foresee will be at the end of the season, is no matter what will happen, that... Percentage that percentage that included the the fans that didn't want Chris Scott there, mm. which was quite high, will dramatically, dramatically increase after this season. Mm-hmm. And I think we're the only club in the AFL that would do that. Yeah. Well, after fifteen years of competing at the top level, and it it sort of Chris Scott is like an analogy of the actual team as a whole, they sort of like fall victim to their own, like how good they are. And like you look at like a 34-point loss to Freo and any other club, it would be, you know, bad. But obviously because we're on top of the ladder and because of our history and, you know, how good we should have been, it, it gets like double. It feels like a 60-point loss. Mm. And you go back to, you know, last year or earlier in the year sorry when we lost to GWS and that was probably the only acceptable loss because at the time they were a top four contender and they only just beat us by four points but even then we're like oh you know we should have steamrolled them we should have gone like 12 wins straight to yeah, start the, the high, season high expect- yeah. we, and they we are high expectations, high expectations because but there was a graph that came out last year of you know the last 20 years or whatever home and away wins and we were you know by and far on top of the ladder with daylight and then second. Mm. So we've clearly been the best team home and away for a long period of time. You could make the argument that uh, this squad, with the talent that we've had over the last... um, Five years? Five five, years, post-2011. So like from 2013 to Mm. now... We should have at least made one grand, one grand final. final. At least made a grand final. That's what you would expect. Like, 20 points up midway through the last quarter in 2013 against Hawthorne. Thorn. And they run over the top of us. 
2016, on paper, you know, probably strong enough to win the flag, given the position that we were in. Um, and we just got uh, monstered by Sydney. Um, but, uh, yeah, pure talent-wise, pure talent-wise, uh, this, this club yeah. should have contended for another grand final by now, I would have thought. If we're assessing from 2011 onwards, then I, I don't disagree. 2012 to, to 2018, we should have probably... Yeah, we most definitely should have made a grand final with the players at our disposal. However, there's the fact that it's 2019 now, since 2004, <laughs> it's been... 15 years mm, yeah. of competing at quite the, a high the, level. the only aberrations have been... No, no other club. The only it's, aberrations have been 2006 and 2015, and we barely missed finals. Yeah. Sydney have now years. bottomed out. Hawthorne have now had to introduce and re-develop they missed whole finals squad. Two years Mitch, ago. Mitch Lewis. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, yet we haven't. We're mm. the only club... In 15 years, to for, stay the, right the, there. The best part of the 21st century, yeah. albeit the first couple of years. Yeah, excellence um, is a habit that have been up and about. Mm. Excellence and, is a habit. Use that. Yeah. That's, that's that's something to remember. Yeah. Eventually, stands without to, draft picks. Yeah. Without high draft picks. It yeah. It stands to reason that that that. And I know reason doesn't always lead to the result you think it ought to, mm. or that it's not always 100% predictable, but it stands to reason that um, given Chris Scott's high percentage of home and away victories, and given the talent in the squad of recent years, that we would eventually pinch one more. You know, he'd be a two-time premiership coach, yeah, um, rather than the the one-time um, coach. And there's still such an asterisk next to that here too, because there's still so many people that say like, "Oh, he just you know inherited inherited," and the you players don't just got there. Yeah, I know, because they still he still he still you know he got them there. Like they were a, they were a terrific club, and they're a terrific terrific team, the most talented, most well balanced. Um, yeah, most well-balanced and most uh, evenly aged mm. group. Bracket, yeah. Yeah, in, in that year. But it still has to be done. Yeah. Well, there's like three, four still players has in to the be squad done. from the 2010, 2011 era. Mm. Hawkins, It was Selwood, exactly the same. It's pretty much exactly the same. It was pretty much exactly the same. It's been no return since then. Yeah. In players. Mm. And they're still up there. And we're still up there. It's not a case of just... Fluking had, it. <laughs> fluking it yeah. and had players at disposals. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. we haven't performed at finals. We can't shy, shy away from that fact either. Mm. I'll use the term shy a lot, I'm sure, yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Since yeah. 2011, we yeah. haven't performed to the expectations we want to. Mm. Having said that, though, since 2011, AFL itself has developed and changed in such a drastic manner. We saw in 2016 this influx of the Western Bulldogs precious style. Chaos. 2017, Richmond. Chaos football. They only have two superstars. Yeah. They only have you, Ranson Ranson and Ranson Dusty. Martin and 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 the and Jack Reward is not an all star. Jack Reward is not an all star. He's very good players, but no no chance that he is a top not three, anymore. top four. No. No in the competition. No, no. No. Maybe top three, top four forward, but not top three, top four player. Well, not right now, it? anyway, because he's been injured. Maybe in that year, he was... Mm. Sure. But and in that year, right there were players yeah. that turned it on for Western Bulldogs just in the finals. Yeah, like that. well, that that's Some exactly right. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, like, Bulldogs, the reason they won that final, grand yeah. final, was because of... Joel Hamling and Fletcher Roberts yeah. and uh, Zane Cordy and just these randoms. Josh Dunkley yeah. Ooh, at the time was, a, one, was a no one. Yeah. Um, not a no one, but he was, you know, a kid. Um, Liam Picken just reimagined himself as a 
small you know, forward. Yeah, as a small forward. He was a tagger, and he kicked three goals in that grand final. Um, Tom Boyd, who was you know probably the most maligned player in the competition, had the one of the greatest final series and won in that game. Um, pretty much not off his own boot, but he went yeah, a long way to getting them there. And then they had you know their all stars, you know McRae and Bontempelli were fantastic, but they weren't the reason they won. It was you know all these cameo moments from you know Dale Morris's tackle and Franklin mm. is that like ridiculous, and then. Boyd from inside the square, center square. Yeah. <laughs> BT. Yeah, there's just, some uh, folklore look, moments I, there. I just think that, that Chris Scott has no plan B. Yeah. It's very oversimplified. I dislike that. You look at, okay, we've just stated there's four players in our senior team that are currently on the list since 2010. There has been a large redevelopment. Yes, okay, do you want to put that down to Stephen Wells' recruiting department or do you want to put that down to the coaching department as well? There's a mix of both, obviously, and where, where you play them. Um, and, and at the same time, football itself has developed. The, mm. the nature of the game has developed. You've got to stay ahead of the game if you want to... Steve Hocking yeah. is not in a, a certain job in the AFL for a strange random reason mm. it's because the game has developed so so extremely since 2010-2011 that coaches all around the board have had to develop and to maintain and to continue up there I think is a feature to be admired yes mm. we should have reached more grand finals but the plan B is a, a, such an oversimplification of a criticism I think for me and I think something that goes against Chris Scott in that regard too is that two of you know his line coaches are favorite sons of the club and rarely do we ever hear heat coming towards like it always goes straight to chris scott but there's three other coaches in there matthew knight scarlet nigel lappin or never yeah yeah but like today there was news about uh what's his face uh McCarthy, mccartney the old coach of the bulldogs yeah um, at melbourne yeah he's out he's out of melbourne He's gone because the heat was coming on him because they weren't performing. Yeah, and Geelong's not performing, but no one, no one in Geelong no is going to say, "Gee, Matthew Scarlett's, you know, he's well, not having was, a good year as a defensive coach." The heat coach. was on Matthew Nice at the end of last year. Was it in the midfield yeah. coach? Yeah, midfield era, I'd say. Yeah, and that was That's when we were eighth. When we had, yeah, arguably going into the season, the best individual performance. Yeah, mm. as midfield on paper, Gary Ablett, Joel Selwood, Dangerfield, and our contested game was <laughs> woeful for. Mm the majority of the season so i'd say the heat was on matthew knights yeah and, and that, that's probably he, he that's actually a turned good it example yeah well that's it this season but, so and, and there's a plan b the immediate you know reaction of chris scott has no plan b chris scott isn't the only one in the box no make moving magnets and doing such and such he, no. he probably it gets was the matthew final Scarlett say that threw zach tui that's up it. forward against yeah. melbourne in 2018 to kick, kick the winning goal, goal. And then that story came out too, and people go like, "Oh yeah, Chris, Chris Scott's too dumb to put Tui forward." It's yeah, like, well, Tui, you don't automatically select Tui to be a, a forward. Like, yeah, clubs are now clubs are now actually you roll the, the dice. Yeah. Sometimes it comes it up, worked. sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Clubs are now suggesting the idea of not having one coach and then assistant. Yeah, I'm, but at coaches so, in line with each other, or yeah, head assistant coaches yeah. that essentially. Lead I heard on um, on Talkback, and that, that's been raised with a few of the clubs. Yeah, I heard that interim positions um, at the moment. Oh, was it uh, Alan Richardson would be like co-coach for Reshore at North and like be his like his second man. It's like, been touted. Yeah, that was well, what, wasn't that, that was wasn't that the case with uh, James Hurd and Bomber Thompson for a period, or or like Goodwin and Ruse. Yeah, yeah, like it, like Ruse was driving the car, but Goodwin was like in the passenger yeah, he, seat. Like, he's the, he's the <laughs> or like Buckley and Malthouse. So that was more of like yeah, a handover. Yeah, there was a but, handover, but, but that's probably the closest of I the, could ever get. The um, the, the molding or the mm. you know the the yeah that they they're clearly working mm. in tandem. Um, but there's an there's the other argument of you know right now. There is just the head coach, and you could say the buck stops with the head coach. Mm. Um, so he's gonna cop the most heat, uh, as like, he should, being a, a head head figure. Mm. As he should be mm. a, a head coach, you, mm. you put yourself up for that responsibility. Yeah, but you 
But there's certainly. But if you, what's the what's the there's certainly other arguments. Is the suggestion cut the head coach and a team that is up there battling for top of the ladder will gain a coach that'll just click things together like that. When for a solid solid period of nine years now, that his performance so head well, coach yeah. has kept them. Yeah, around the top of the ladder. Yeah, are you certain that a new head coach will come in and do the same? Are you certain yeah, that we uh, yeah, won't have a, a bottom out period? Mm. Yeah, we won't enter a period that we've seen. In the early two thousands, nineties. There's yeah. clubs that. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Many of my friends have not witnessed the premiership in at the all. Final. I'm grateful to witness three. Yes, I could say. We probably we should have been in more finals, mm. more grand finals. In my lifetime, at least. Yeah. yeah. Probably should have yeah. won more grand finals <laughs> in my lifetime, at least, <laughs> under Chris Scott as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Given the individual players that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. However, is this a case of... <laughs> what? Burn the witch and <laughs> someone, burn, someone burn will... The Burn the crusade and someone will just come in and will win a flag. Is that because that's the expectation of Geelong compared to a club that's just reached over 66,000 members battling against Melbourne clubs with well over 70,000 members mm. as well? We know if we go to the MCG that we'll, won't be heard, we'll be outnumbered yeah. by the likes of Richmond fans, Collingwood fans, Essendon fans. Mm-hmm. We're a regional club, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do the expectations, should they be lowered? Or is it it's good to set those high standards? Or is it just a little bit of understanding? I, I'm not sure how to pose this. Yeah, well, it's it's just, um, yeah, I think it will, it goes back to, you know, we've performed well for, for so long and the expectations are now just set high. And, yeah. you know, for every season, until we consistently start, you know, struggling to make the eight, the ex- expectations will be, you know, that we're pushing that we for push the top for a flag four yeah. every year. I actually honestly think that if we were in a position right now where we were about 15th, 14th, 15th, had injected the likes of Atkins, yep, Rowan Dalhouse had performed well, Charlie Constable played a bunch of games. You don't um, know what you got to Jack it's gone, Henry, so. Jordan Clark, along with maybe maybe a few more games into the likes of Narkle. Some of the other young players, yes, Simpson. Um, it, it'd almost be a more positive view towards Chris Scott. Yeah, I think well, there actually would there'd be. be. There'd be less of a, you know, less vitriol that, for sure. that pain of maybe just people, you know, more stressed and emotionally connected because everyone's got a stake. You know, Geelong supporter has a stake in Geelong winning the flag. But when you're 15th, there's like, you know, I can say, like when Sydney earlier this year is a good example because they went into this season, everyone went into this season thinking that they were going to make the eight. And then at round seven or eight, when they quickly realized like we're nowhere near it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the space of a week, it was like, bang, they switched around. They beat North with like a team of youngsters and they've been playing with that team of youngsters every week. Longmire's been re-signed and Mm -hmm. the general consensus is that they're on the right track now and they won't be down for long. My, exactly the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah, we're we're not down. We're not down though. We're in the window. Yeah, but what, that's that, the argument that yeah. people are making. Yeah. What what was what was the figure that we raised before that Chris Scott's coaching perception the the, the likability rating likability rating his likability rating in was my eyes low. would be higher. Yeah. Had he had gone through what John Long John Longmire had yeah. gone through this season, mm. as opposed to being on first of the ladder. Yeah. And contending for a premiership yeah and, yeah. A, lo- and a lot of yeah. people like don't like him just because he hasn't won three premierships straight <laughs> with the team he's got it's not that easy when there's 17 other teams look we should have been in more grand finals yeah Scott. yeah yeah but we we should have won 2008 as well and 2010 yeah but that, it, things just didn't yeah <laughs> and and yeah and and you could you could make that 2011 argument that asterisk argument of yeah. people people saying oh you know, a, a, monk, a monkey could have coached that 2011 team. It's easy, you know. They coached themselves on the ground because they had on-field leaders and they all played, you know, a bunch of players had 250, 300 games. 
It was basically the same team in 2010, yeah. and we fell short. Yeah. And we had Ablett in 2010, yeah. and we fell short. Yeah. Something, obviously, was improved in 2011. And where does that come from? Most likely, Chris Scott. Mm. I've even heard the other reason stuff, yeah. we won that day was because Podsiadley went down, they were forced to change the sub so early. So then that's when Hawkins started dominating. Would you, would you call that a plan B? <laughs> even a plan Z, like it just happened. And then um, on the AFL's website, they've got that new thing called SAT. Yeah. Where they, they interview all like the coaches that have been fired. And Scott Waters was on saying that he cost Collingwood that grand final and and said that, you know, Buck um, Malthouse was saying, you know, should we should we move Tarrant onto Hawkins? And Waters was like, nah, give Reed like another 10 minutes. And Hawkins kicked two goals in that 10 minutes. And he was like, like, well, that was it. Like he cost them the game, essentially. The start of that like third quarter where Hawkins was just, yeah, just dominated. Went beast mode. Yeah. Yeah. And Cat, and, yeah. and like Malthouse was like, do we make the switch? And Waters was like, no, no, like we'll yeah. give him like 10 more minutes. And then it was like 10 more minutes was the game. <laughs> Malthouse was just like staring at him like from across, like down the desk. Yeah. Yeah. It's at stage. I'm glad we're having the almost the season review or the what if conversation now, <sighs> as opposed to the end of the season. This is um, this is like yeah, this is the conversation that we should be having. You know, potentially if they go out in straight sets or yeah. if they win one or yeah. So hopefully, if we can, you know, take a minute to you know take a breath and mm. you know think about things deeper, then they can too and come out for the rest of the season and have a crack. Yeah, and they're the ones, they're the ones that are in control yeah. of, of of things. They have they have con- you know an element of control over what they do. I know that Geelong fans and many other um, football fans uh, don't really like uh, Ross Lyons' coaching philosophies, style, yeah. and they don't really like his coaching style, and they don't really like him as a coach. But I recently read an article that one of his philosophies was you can only control what you can control. As basic and obvious as that is, it's 100% correct in in the environment of a football club. Um, he was 100% on keeping things internal. All the external noise, all the external expectations, they happen. You can't control any of what happens outside of the four walls of a football club. So we just focus on what happens four wall, within the four walls of a football club. He totally transformed St Kilda from an attacking team to a defensive team and <laughs> took, them, team. <laughs> took them to three, three, grand grand fin- three grand finals within a kick... Of they should have definitely two. won at they least one. They should have definitely at, at least... least yeah, one, I, I would have, two. Yeah. That first... The first. the first 2010 game, they're within a kick of winning it. They're within one bounce, bounce of winning one it. bounce yeah. of winning a flag and ending, you know, the uh, against the a pretty f- dominant Collingwood team too at that time. Yeah, with with probably one of the best coaches ever, with one of the best teams, because they had a pretty dominant era there for three years. Yeah, Collingwood. Yeah, you you can't say if you are under the age of, I'd say look. 30 and you're a Geelong fan, you can't say you've witnessed football fan hardship yeah. compared to yeah, the well, like, fan. Like me, I only you know started following the football in 2008 when I went up. That was the year I started high school. And you know football wasn't a thing in primary school. And then I got to high school and you know, at St. Joseph's, that's all that people talked about was football. And I was Joseph. like, what is this you know amazing thing that I you know just sort of heard about? And uh, now I started paying attention to it. Thank you, Joey's. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I've I've only ever known success, so I'm probably the the target you no know, bracket for being a Chris Scott hater. Um, but I, luckily enough, I'm less biased than most, and, and, and can look at it a bro- in a broader sense. So, and you're more in touch with the history of the club because yeah. you've gotten into it yeah. and you're passionate I'm about super it. Into it. So yeah. yeah, you're more you're more in touch with the the long term mm. nature of of the cyclical nature of. Yeah, of uh, of football, mm. um, and we'll probably most likely bring up that uh, that cyclical argument again 
Next week for sure. Next week yeah. and and for the rest of the year because that was a that was a ever present argument that we were making last year, and we were assessing as to what part of the cycle we were in. If you're talking about the cycle, you're talking about it in a seasonal sense. So, summer being your peak era, winter being your down in the doldrums. Yeah, yeah. Your, your Gold Coast redevelopment sort. <laughs> No, maybe not. Hopefully, that bad <laughs> winter can be. Um, yeah. But and yeah, a, a definite dip. Yeah. In in form. Um, and for some clubs, their winter is long. For some clubs, their winter is shorter. And that purely seems to relate to how well run the club is off the field in terms of their recruitment. Mm-hmm. And um, their, their, you know, their financial management and so forth, um, which we'll always have. Because Geelong have the absolute benefit of being a one-team town. The whole team, the whole town supports the team. We have so many sponsors and benefactors and people, you know, intrinsically connected with the club, like mm. the Costas and all mm. these, you know, big families. The ones like, that we'll saved have, us in the night. We'll have that backing <laughs> yeah. forever. Like, there's yeah. no. Reason why we should ever hit yeah, Cook Costa and other names. Yeah, there's no reason why we should ever bottom out off the field. You know, unless we tried building another stadium, <laughs> and mm. that just you know and blew our budget out. Basically. Yeah, but yeah. there's no like we'll purely based on the fact that our you know location is helping us. There's no reason why we should never like ever have to you know sacrifice you know a, a good list manager or proper research development and all this sort of stuff and therefore affect on-field performance and so, a huge attractive club to come to we one of the games we played this season i think we listed 12 out of the 22 players on field came from, from the geelong, geelong region. region yeah um well that's yeah well it's like there's people there this, come from the geelong region it's a, it's a large stretch so there's you know there'd be 20 potential draftees from the geelong area every year yeah and you know, ten of them would go for yeah. the cats and would want to play. Just and, make you know, the one of them, our academy. <laughs> one of them might be Joel Selwood. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. we've talked a lot of like philosophical stuff this episode. Yeah, we've, we've gotten gone, very deep. Gone the very energies deep. have been flowing. Yeah, have been. Yeah, there's a fair we, bit of passion in this one. Yeah, we do have North Melbourne. I haven't even talked about VFL. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can. I'll do a quick uh, VFL wrap up. A Naple, Clinton Naple moment. Yeah, yeah, so Quinton had a moment where he, you know, got the ball out of the center and, um, you know, lost got, a, his got lost his bearings a bit, but it was a really slick, you know, collect and then really center clearance, and he hit just the, the uh, he hit the, you know, the leading forward directly on the chest. It just happened to be from the other team. Um, so some standout performances from the VFL. Uh, Buzzer had three goals, seven marks, and six tackles. Lockie Fogarty had two goals, 19 touches, five tackles. Chuck Constable, 26 touches, six tackles. Darcy Fort, six goals and seven marks. Fortress. Um, Sam Simpson, or Sam Smith, as you like Sam to call Smith. him. <laughs> 24 touches, seven marks. Um, Quinton Narkel surely, surely comes in this week. Two goals, 20 touches, and six tackles. James Parsons, 28 disposals. Uh, and there was one other one which spiked my interest, Nakai Cockatoo. Ooh. Six disposals, two marks, and five of the hardest tackles you'll see. Now, there was probably two really big tackles, but the first one, which I just showed you guys before we went on air, yeah. he absolutely lined up the Port Melbourne Ruckman and absolutely put him on his backside, and players started remonstrating with him. That's how you know violently he tackled this Ruckman, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, and he was absolutely throwing himself at some contests trying to lay tackles. So that that's was good. The and that, that's the sort of player he is. That's the intensity yeah. he plays with. Ollie's under, you know, the impression that he's a player you'd bring in, you know, maybe for a first final. Can you know if he has a good body of work in the VFL? Road doesn't seem to. Well, I just think that <laughs> Cocky has played the most games he's played in a season for the Cats. Is by like, memory, I'm going to say like eleven. 15, yeah, eleven. It wasn't much. And. Below that has been nine, threes seven, and fives. Threes, <laughs> fives. He is drafted in 2014 by memory. Yep. His contract's expiring at the end of this year. Hopefully, give him a one-year extension, Dan Menzel type, you know, seeing how his body goes. But for me, he needs at least 
five, six weeks in the VFL mm-hmm. to actually show my body's okay. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do for Nakia Cockatoo, mm-hmm. long-term future, is to throw him into AFL following some a little in a final. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do agree with that. But I still, you know, let's see what he does. There was the... I was just... In terms of making that Cockatoo argument... It's a valid argument. To come in... Just make his role as simple as can be and just tell him to just... Just hurt people. Just, just absolutely just run through... Just hurt himself. Just don't leave the 50. Just, just hurt people. Play with finals intensity. He plays every week with finals yeah. intensity. That's his type of... That's his thing. That's his type of mentality. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, I purely understand that, yeah, you want to nurse him through, but there's also that... That thing in finals, you throw caution to the wind, to a degree, to a certain degree, you have to. Jack Graham. Yeah, yeah. That's a good example. Okay, I think he played his seventh game. Yeah. It was the grand final. Uh, Jacob Townsend. Yeah. Again for Richmond. Yeah. But it was very like Tigers were pairing anyway, so it would it was it's still a hail mary because Jacob Townsend could have come in and not kicked thirteen goals from eight kicks over the final series mm. and it would have wouldn't have paid off for him. So yeah. Um yeah, no, so VFL played well and I'd expect there to be at least three changes probably um to the team. Uh so Rowan's obviously out with the injury and expect Dalhouse to come back in. Taylor, Taylor probably comes back in to take on Ben Brown and Mason Wood um with Blitzarves. Um O'Connor, I'd love to have O'Connor back in. He actually heard us being out. And I don't think we, all you said before, you don't realize how much you missed something until it's gone. I think we mm. didn't realize how much we missed O'Connor until it was in the third quarter. And He's tackling pressure at times, man. Yeah. He's looked better than Zach Tilly's. Yeah. And mm. just his general intercept marking and, you know, ability to spoil and, and then also provide a rebound yeah. and mm. hit a target. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'd love to see him come back in. But like we said, we haven't seen any update about his injury. No. Um, Menegola didn't impress. Um, had a good couple of kicks in the first half, um, but yeah, the second half was one of those players that went missing. You'd maybe give him a, another week, given his uh, given his um, talent that he's proved uh, over his first couple of seasons at Geelong. But geez, a lot of players would want to perform better than what they did. Um, yeah, <laughs> tough selection panel with the yeah. lack of injuries aside from Gary Rowan and. Kuniko, there's really yeah, that nothing going on for two weeks now, and there's really no big test. There's Brandon Parfit coming back soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, a huge, a huge array of players will be wanting to be playing finals footy and hopefully top four footy because I think that's what we're going after right now. We're going after top yeah. four, top two. Four, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. we want, yeah, we we'd. we'd we would be want to a, get back to where we were. It would be a huge disappointment if we slipped to third or fourth right in the last two rounds. Yeah, we could we could slip to fifth. Or yeah, fifth. yeah. Um, onwards and upwards, though. Yes. It's always onwards and upwards. It's always positivity that we want. <laughs> want do, do they deserve a cat of the week this week? I'd, I'd give it to Hawkins. <laughs> I think <laughs> on last week. Yeah. Would you give it to him this week? And we give it to this week. Um. Yeah, I'll give it to Hawk. I'll give it to Hawk because after Hawk, after quarter time, Hawk, you, you had no service. Try, but he was terrific. He was terrific he was terrific when he we just were had good. No service. Yeah. He was he was good when we were good. So he was he kept going into the midfield trying to get his yeah. own ball because he wasn't getting it again. I was like, ah, get back in. The I didn't think Kelly was too bad. I mean, that yeah. finish from the boundary line was still pretty good. But, um, oh, that was something else. Like I know, sorry, I know that we're not talking about potential trade rumors, but just a little. You know, pound on the cat's emblem potentially. Yeah, I yeah. just read into that turn a little to the, bit. Turn to the turn turn to the Frio some, crowd and read some quotes from yeah. Tim Kelly about yeah his time at Geelong. I, I don't want to read into it too much, but it's not end of the season. But yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah. It's good to hear. I just super picked up on that. I'd uh, love that to have that some deeper meaning. Bit. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> find out in about be... like three months, won't we? <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, I reckon Taylor coming back in for me is going to be the clat of the, clat, clat of the week, cat of the week, <laughs> and uh, definitely he'll keep um, B 
Ben Brown the Clatworthy to <laughs> he'll keep Ben Brown to three goals max because he got he got a bit out of hand last time they played kicking five. So yeah. after a rest, we'll uh, we'll stick to Brown like glue and punch the balls away from him. We should know what to expect with North Melbourne, given that we played them before this season. Marvel Stadium. This one's at Kenya Park. Aids us. Who knows? Advantage Who knows? at the same time. Reshaw coming in. The last seven well, games It's a completely us, different team, isn't it? We have no idea what to yeah. expect. Let's be honest. <laughs> we have no idea whether we lose by five goals or lose by five goals, yeah. I think. So, I'm maybe, not putting a margin. Yeah, maybe we don't put... We just say... Well, well obviously, we want Geelong to win. Yeah. Um, so, that is the... That is the optimistic prediction. But it's like a 51 made. to 49% ratio yeah. just because it's at our home. If it was yeah. at Marvel, we'd be no chance. Yeah, there'd be, feel, there'd be a feeling of it being yeah, very difficult, a very difficult test. Yeah. Um, uh, my Cloud of Cat of the Week. Gary Apple Jr. seems to play well against the Kangaroos regularly mm. and he does play well at home mm. in important matches. So he is my Cloudy Cat of the Week and hopefully he has a large impact in the game. <laughs> large goals. Yeah, <laughs> large amount of goals or large amount of possessions yep. or does something that is uh, magical and we know that he can, obviously. Now I've gone for Big Daddy Hawk. Big Daddy Hawk. Hawk. Upcoming Cloudy Cat of the yep. Week. Yep, Harry Taylor's going to keep Brown to... Less than three goals. Less than three goals. I yeah. like it. Yep. Might still be ideal. for us. That would be ideal. And yeah, I'd, I'm not going to tip. Or no put margins. A margin. No margins. They don't do no that margins. this week. We, who, it's just, uh, no. just get the win. <laughs> just win, please. Just get the win. That's all we want. <laughs> Go, Cats. Onwards and upwards. We're still first in the ladder. Positivity. Come on. Let's do this. Go, Catters. Let's go, boys. Go, Cats. <laughs>